this is a night that's different. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. And uh, there's, you get in the word of the Lord and uh, there was an Old Testament church called the Tabernacle of Moses. And it had three openings in it. The first one was uh, known as the gate. And the gate got, into, got you into the outer court. And then there was what was known as the door. And the door got you into the holy place. But then there was the veil. And the veil got you into the holy of holies. But when you read the book of Psalms, it said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Which means, it's like, I think it's Romans chapter 1. It says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made so that we're without excuse. And it says, because, well, you know, it, it, you read that whole thing and basically what it comes down to is people who just weren't thankful. They weren't thankful. And uh, it's, it says, for this cause, God turned him over to some really difficult things, but it really started with gratitude. And when you look at it through the eyes of the tabernacle of Moses, you can't even get into the front yard without thanks, thanksgiving. That's what, and in all things. The Bible doesn't say for all things. Let's face it, we've all had things happen. You may have something going on in your life right now that it's, it's not the best of circumstances, but in all things, you give thanks. And uh, trust me, there's a lot of people that would trade places with you and your problem right now, just for the chance to be alive and just to be functioning. So I, who are you? you? We got some other folks with some Brother Lichtel. We're gonna, you just take it away there and say, speak your peace, compadre. I wanna thank everyone for praying for my daughter. Um, all the meals, the prayers, calls. Uh, basically, if you didn't know, months, she's had pain in her legs. She'd have spasms six, eight, 10, 12 times a day where she would scream. See, she had back surgery, hour and a half surgery, hour and a half recovery. She came home. First thing she noticed, no pain in her legs. Second thing, she hasn't had a spasm since. And she's finally up and around. So we'll be over there tomorrow for Thanksgiving. I was in, thank, in Wisconsin for a couple of days, and I met a lot of wonderful people. Jeff Woodworth made it possible and uh, opened up a door for me to meet uh, basically his, what family he has. And they were kind to me and let me chase the wily whitetail on their farm. And, uh, but there were two boys there, and uh, one of them was a boy named Dalton, he's 17. And... Uh, I was with him on Saturday, and Saturday evening, probably two in the morning, I heard him, I heard him scream. And uh, they, I, I didn't know, I, I didn't want inter, to interfere, so I just let it go on. And, but they rushed him to the hospital, and he's, he's in intensive care right now, and he's got five different tubes in his, in his body, and he's got horrible infection inside of him 
And these are not people that uh, uh, they, they don't go to this church. But I promised them that we would pray for that boy tonight. Would you, you, you've never met him. I don't even have a picture of him, but his name is Dalton. Would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I, I, I don't know Dalton well. I just, I just met him for a day, but I, but I saw a young man with his entire life in front of him, just smitten and stricken with a horrible, horrible diagnosis. Lord, I'm asking you right now. He's not my friend. I don't know him well, but I know you well. And I know that Dalton is your son. I know you shed blood for him too, as you did for me. And so I'm grateful, Lord, to have the privilege and the honor. You said that you turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for somebody else. And we've taught that again and again in his church. And for this family that doesn't expect this and doesn't, does, would never ever consider this, but we offer this freely right now by the authority of the word of God and the power in the name Jesus. I'm asking you, God, to expedite this situation. They say it's going to be months before he can ever come home again. But I don't accept that. I'm asking you, Lord, to, to accelerate this thing and get this boy back into his own bed, around his own family. And we'll honor you for that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray and call it done. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Someone else. Someone else. This is no time to be bashful. And it's just, uh, and uh, Sister Esther, she needs, uh, she needs a mouthpiece here. Here we go. Thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. I just want to, like Pastor said, we overcome by the blood of the... We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm going to give a little testimony first before I give another testimony, okay? When I was young, I ran away from home. I came all the way up to Michigan, but I had a praying grandmother. She prayed for every one of us kids. She come to my name. She took extra time. <laughs> I wonder why. No, anyway, anyway so I used to say, why does she have to? She said, Lord, whatever it takes to save Esther's soul, I want you to do it. And I used to say, why don't you pray like that? But I ran away from home. I came all the way up to Michigan. And I was 14 years old. And um, I thought, I'm getting away from grandma and the church and all this stuff, right? But guess what? She prayed for me. And what happened, I was in a home that wasn't serving the Lord, I thought. But they had just started going to church. And they, and they got down... And, and um, they said, Esther, you, you can live with us if you want. You don't have to go back home. So I thought, okay, that's a good deal. They invited me to a two-week revival. And I thought, well, just stay at home here. There's no TV. There's no time. No, so just go to church. At the end of a two-week revival, I made up my mind. The, the minister was out of state, and he didn't, know, he didn't know any of us. And there was about 70 to 100 people in that church at the most, at that revival. And I was on the back row. And he said, the Lord told me to do something the last night of the revival. He said, God told me to do something different. And I'm like, hmm, wonder what that is. I made up my mind, though. When I went that night, nobody's going to get me to the altar. Not anybody's going to get me to the altar. I'm not good enough to get saved. 
I tried to get the Holy Ghost in Florida. There was nobody getting the Holy Ghost. I couldn't get the Holy Ghost. So I said, I'm, I'm not good enough to get the Holy Ghost. I'm not going. I don't care how good to make heaven, how hot to make hell. Esther's not going to the altar. Guess what? The Lord told the man to do something different. He said, instead of telling people that need the Lord and repent and need the Holy Ghost, God told me to tell the whole church to come to the altar. Guess who was the only one sitting in the back pew? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you didn't want to be a spectacle. Now you are a spectacle. And so I like, okay, there's a way to get around this. Okay, I'll go right to the edge. And when I go to the edge, as soon as they get done praying, I'll run back to my seat. Well, some saint... I don't know if they looked at me or not, but they just, some sisters took my hand and brought me right up to the front of the altar. And I knew that was God, because I wasn't going. I said, okay, I'm this kind of person. If God's real, give me everything you got. If this isn't real, I'm going to be out in the world. That's the way I feel. It's all the way or nothing. Guess what? I said, God, you got me up here. And I'm not leaving till I get what you have for me. I knew what the Holy Ghost was. And I started worshiping and praising God. They got around me for about an hour. And all of a sudden, I heard somebody speaking in tongues. And I realized it was me. Woo! I took off around that. I run it. You know, I'm around. I was going around the church like I do, running and praising God. It changed my whole life. I haven't been the same since. I don't know what kind of Holy Ghost some people have. But this, I didn't have no desire to go back in the world. I've known Barbara since... We've been in high school, and she knows. We talked about the Lord. I'd go to her church, she'd come to my church. And this is the way it was. But this is real. The real Holy Ghost is real, and it'll change you. And it's joy unspeakable, and it's full of glory. And I've seen the Lord do miracles. My diabetes is gone. He healed me four years ago. I was at the, I was at the, I was, they, they made me come off of insulin. They said, you, Esther, you can't be on insulin no more. So I think they thought I'd quit my job. I wouldn't quit my job because i got to support myself, right? So I said, Karen, Sherry, guess what? I need a miracle. We need to pray this one through because I went cold turkey off it. No shots, no pills. Whew. I'm telling you, I got sicker than a dog for two and a half weeks, Pastor. I don't mean to take too much time, but I want to tell you, this was, I want you, <laughs> I want you to know that I got so sick. I was on this coming from Port Huron. I called Sherry. She had just quit her job, I think, at that time because of her hands, you know. And she, I said, Sherry, I, and I told her everything I was going through. She's a critical care nurse, so she knew where I was at. I was supposed to be in the hospital. She said, Esther, we got to, she wouldn't tell me. She wouldn't tell me what the diagnosis was because she didn't scare me half to death, but I was already almost death row anyway. So she said, we got to pray right now. So she started praying in the Holy Ghost. It might have been 45 minutes. She, she said, you pray the best you can. She prayed. I was sick. I, I would want nobody to be that sick. But I never, I would never want anybody to be that sick. That's the worst feeling when your diabetes goes up to 600, 500. It was way up there. It was way up there. And you know what? Uh, she wouldn't stop praying until at 45 minutes, about 40, 45 minutes, went through the ceiling. I started shouting. It was gone. I said, I'm healed. I'm healed. Praise the Lord. She said, I felt it too. And I'm telling you what? I got the van from the, the work. They know I was completely healed because I was supposed to get out, quit the job. They know and they just helped me, and they blessed me, and they let me have the van. They put the, I'm telling you what they do. 
they will not let me pay for anything. They won't even, I said, I'll give you gas because I'm going to church and going to, they said, no. The owner boss says, no, we're taking care completely. And that's why I'm working. That's why I'm praising the Lord. And I want you to know I'm excited and this doesn't get old. If you get, if you get down and you think that you're bored, you need to have a check with Jesus Christ because this is not boring. I have seen miracles happen to people. Reva got healed. Of, they said she'd never had the mentality of a five-year-old. She'd never, she'd never get married, never have children. I went to the head, the head psychiatrist said, tell her to take that Bible out of her hand. Take her. She's never going to get out of here. And God spoke to me. I said, man, I don't, he was the head psychologist on the worst. I said, I will never tell her to take that Bible out of her hand because that's going to get her out of here when the rest of them are out. Guess what? Six months later, God brought her in my house. She got worse. People said, no, she's gone. Esther was stupid. She said God's going to heal her. Now she's worse than she is. I took her to church, took her, took her to the altar. That's why I believe in the altar. She got, put her hands up in the air again. And all of a sudden, the power got hit her. She went running around the church. She was praying and telling the whole church went up in holy smoke. She couldn't speak nothing. Guess what happened? She, she married my brother's best friend, Ray Duvall. He, God said, she's healed. You can marry her. He was in love with her, but she got sick. So she was like, she couldn't speak. like a vegetable. Got married. She went to college, made the honor roll. Everything that head psychiatrist said wouldn't happen. Happened. That's the kind of God we serve. He is greater than anything you go through. I'm going through something right now. But guess what? I've had God put money in my pocket. I said, okay, God, I'm there again. You do any way you want to do it. I could go on and on about the mercy of God. She just called me, Reva, just now. Yeah, it's college, had twins, four, and doing wonderful. And when she prays for me, guess what? God answers prayer. I don't know if she got something special with God because God did something special for her. Thank you. Didn't mean to take so much time, but I have a lot more, but I'll just stop here. That's good. I don't ever remember a church service or a prayer meeting when Sister Esther isn't just moving around here and worshiping and magnifying God. And I'll tell you where the proof is. Talk to the young people in this church about Esther Spicer. Not all of us with the gray hair and the wrinkles. Talk to the young people in this church. She has great rapport with the youth in this church. That's, that's pretty cool. Where's Ashley at? Where you at, bub? Huh? Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I think you need to tell the church that you have something to be thankful for. You got any idea what I'm talking about? Tell no. Them. Yeah, you do. Tell them. Uh, I, I, got, um, I got a job from, at work. Yeah. Tell them where you're going to work. I'm working at a TJ Maxx. Yes. And she starts to work on Black Friday. So uh, she's going to get baptized. But I'm very proud of her, and uh, you're going to be a great employee. Well, because we asked the Lord for a job, and he gave you one. So we're grateful for that. Thank you. Chase, come up here. Come on now. 
Sit down here with me. If you're going to get one of my girls, buddy, you got to have something to say. So we're taking you out for a drive there. Say something to these people. Yes, sir. Um, I think it was 2018. I came here impromptu on a Sunday, and I'd been here um, many times before. Yes, just to hear me preach. To hear Brother Hoffman preach and see some friends. And Fellowship. Yeah. But um, I was here for a wedding, and I didn't bring any church clothes. But I decided I'd come in my jeans and cardigan, T-shirt, and I sat over here, over by where Sister Bridget is, behind her. And, and um, I was in a peculiar season of my life at that point, and struggling with some sin in my life. And um, the fact that I was wearing street clothes, I'll say, um, portrayed me as, I think, a sinner, which I was. And um, the brother here who leads the missions trips, Brother Dwayne, I didn't know him. I, I don't believe I've ever met him, but he prayed for me as though I was a sinner. And he prayed me through to the Holy Ghost again, and I remember tweeting out that day, I got saved today. And I had friends of mine call me like, what are you talking I went to Bible college, I grew up apostolic my dad's a pastor of 30 years but i just want to commend this church and thank this church for ministering to me in times i didn't even know so god bless you guys i want you to pray for chase and edna because uh edna's going to be living in indiana and uh and uh he works with his father and uh and that Probably, you know, he'll be the lead pastor in that church at a time. And we're always going to stand by him. And uh, once you know, we love you and we're proud of you. And uh, and um, if you're going to marry Ed, though, I want three years back tax returns. And uh, let's see, I probably haven't checked your teeth. You know, they say if you're going to get a horse, you need to check its mom, its dad and its teeth. So I figured, you know, we need to give you at least as much attention as you do a horse. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I need to hush before I get in trouble. Come on, talk to me. Who's got something to say? I mean, Brother Parsons, you always have something to say. Come on, say Thank something. Thank you, Brother Mike. Praise the Lord, everybody. God has been everything good to me. He is everything good in my life. He is great and greatly to be praised. He has smiled upon me repeatedly. And to whom much is given, much is required. There is something I love to do. I love to worship the Lord. I love to pray. I love to mingle with the saints. We're the body of Christ. We're many members, but we're one body. And you all are important to me. And I love each and every one of you. I'm just excited about the season that we're in. Not only here at First Church, but in, in life I just feel the presence of the Lord getting stronger and stronger. It's just a good decision to serve him. Chase, it's, a, it's an awesome decision to serve the Lord. And uh, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. I'm thankful for my wife. She loves me, takes care of me. I'm thankful for my children. The Lord is smiling upon us with another grandbaby. That'll give me five. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I have a home to live in. And uh, I appreciate my pastor and his family. It's, it's, it's just good to be a part of the body of Christ. I'm excited about his return. He's coming back. I reassure you, he's coming back. 
we're going to worship on streets of gold. But in the meantime, we're going to give him praise and glory until he comes. Know that I love you. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Amy's next. Amy. Um, so, <laughs> um, so seven months ago, um, I was blessed with a, a foster son. And it's been my dream to be a mom for many years. But I want to thank First Church for just surrounding me because I've been running like a headless chicken. <laughs> um, I want to thank Karen Blankenship and Sarah Hill and Jessica Gibbs and uh, Carrie and Sherry for just uh, Regina Marshall and Sue Martinez. Just, I, well, I just, um, it's been a tough season for me. It's been a tough few months for me. And just the love and the advice and the support and the faith that everyone has shown in me that I can do this is, um, it's priceless. So just thank you. And that's it. Well, I don't do much public speaking. <laughs> Probably the first time ever. So um, I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord filled my wife this year. Yes. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing. I, I'm thankful the Lord has kept me when I probably should never have, you know. He's, he, I've, he's had me. I went off on my own a little while. He still blessed me. And he's always there for me. I'm just thankful. Praise the Lord. Amy, you still got that microphone? Give that to Brother Aaron right in front of you there. This is an amazing man. Brother Stan, say something to these people. I love you, man. I have the highest respect for you. Uh, um, I was uh, like someone else. I was just at the frontier. I grew up in the church as well. <clears throat> My father was the pastor and district secretary for the state of Wisconsin, which we just allowed the pastor to enter our state and exit with one of our deer. So uh, um, anyway, uh, as a teenager, I lost my way and uh, I joined the military and went way off the deep end, uh, put God in the rearview mirror and um, lived my life the way I wanted to, uh, kind of separated myself from the family and and everything that was um, known to me as a child. And <clears throat> about three and a half years ago, I was living in, uh, I have a house here, but I also had a place in North Carolina, I was going back and forth, uh, was working with two different businesses at the time. <clears throat> and so I had a house there in, in Morrisville, North Carolina. I was laying in bed one night about two o'clock in the morning, and. Uh, that's when God reached through that roof of that house and grabbed a hold of me and, and jerked me out of that bed to the point where I was uh, back 
to where I was just unloading and unloading everything I had done throughout my life. And uh, I have a mother also that had been all my life praying. She's always prayed for me constantly while I was in Iraq and other things that I was engaged in in the military and different dangerous points in my life. And um, I called her that night. And my mother's 92 years old now. And she made the comment to me, now I'm ready to go home. And um, so I was baptized in pastor's church there in North Carolina. I didn't, I didn't feel like there was nothing that said I had to get baptized again, but just the way my life had been, I felt like it was the right thing to do. And um, came here, uh, when I first came here and started coming here uh, a couple of years ago, um, it was no particular thing. I, I looked up online and seen what churches were around, and then I reached back out to my sister, and she went into the, into the uh, UPC International uh, book and said, well, there's Pastor Hoffman's there. And um, my brother-in-law jumped on me right away, and I shared with a message that they had both seen Pastor preach at Parkway in Wisconsin at one time and told me all about it and said, you need to head that direction. And I did. And uh, when I arrived here, um, I was amazed, and I felt like I was at home. And there was a national conference that was going on back in Wisconsin. And I don't know if any of you remember it. It was about a year and a half ago now. And it was a young pastor, or a young evangelist that was going around, and um, he was hitting all the districts throughout the U.S. Uh, and... I had heard so much about this coming, and, it, and he, they had actually labeled it the Holy Ghost Conference because it was his prime objective that so many people were going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So I was here, and I, my sister was telling me about it, and I just said, that's where i got to be. And I got in my car, and I drove back to Milwaukee, and I walked into that service. They had uh, rented out the main arena downtown Milwaukee. And I sat next to my family, and... Um, uh, service started and they made the altar call and I just like others I made the commitment on my way there that I wasn't leaving without uh, the Holy Ghost back and um, I got down to that platform and you know there were several thousand people there but I just found my corner and I just said God I'm not leaving here and it was Within minutes, God refilled me with the Holy Ghost. And, and, uh, and, I, and I, I appreciate every minute that, you know, that my life is back to where it was is supposed to be. One thing when we were singing, and I'm surprised, sorry, I'm going a little long. One thing that hit me when we were singing this evening and uh, songs that Brother Draylin was going through, what kept going through my mind was, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the song, I Can Only Imagine, but it hit me when I was standing here singing and worshiping that isn't it going to be something when all of a sudden we don't know when it's going to be, it could be five minutes from now, that all of a sudden we're going to be standing 
in heaven in front of the throne, our bodies changed, and we're going to look down and just the first thing that's going to come to our mind is, oh my Lord, I made it. And we're here. And then the next thing I think that's going to happen is we're all just going to fall to our knees and realize and be stunned and then the worship's going to start. And I just wait every minute for that time now. Thank you all for your prayers and uh, thank you as a church. Brother Aaron found out that I wanted a helicopter and uh, I've told people, you know, all the they have hotshot preachers on TV want a jet. I don't want a jet. I want a helicopter because I wanted to fly over the traffic in Detroit. And uh, it was one of his first services here. And he said, are you serious, Pastor Robin? Do you, do you want a helicopter? And I said, why? You got one? He said, I've, I've, I've sold helicopters all over the world, Pastor Robin. That's what I do. If you want a helicopter, I'll get you one. And it's only a million and a half, which is a really good deal. And uh, um, I said, just help me build a building and we'll uh, call it even on it. He said, no problem. I'll be glad to do that. But he travels all over the world. He was just in Istanbul. He's got great stories. We're honored to have you. I want you to keep his family in prayer. And uh, his boy was a great baseball player. And I I talked to him, I don't know, was that three weeks ago? And I said, so how was the baseball season? And he said, um, I don't play baseball anymore. I said, you don't? He said, no, I'm on the fishing team. And I said, the what? He said, our high school has a fishing team. I said, you're joking. He said, no, I can get a college scholarship for fishing. And it was like, yeah, man, I wish I would have gone there. And so they got a new boat and, and his son said, Pastor, would 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 First Church sponsor me? And I said, you're not a kidding, man. So this spring, we're going to have a big decal on their boat and everywhere it goes, we're going to have First Church on the fishing team boat and uh, sponsor them and support them and stand by them. I just got a call, a text, not a call. I got a text yesterday. My friend Joseph Burr and his wife, Loretta, had to come to St. Louis for what they call a global council. And it's a big deal. And uh, um, Lene Steinke was there. And I had talked to him a year ago. And I, I said, I got an amazing girl. And she's got a missions burden. And I want to know if you'd have a spot. And he said, my wife and I were just talking last night. We desperately need somebody. And so they met Lene yesterday. And he, he just was, he couldn't say, he said, Harold, I, I'll never be able to thank you enough. He said, she's perfect. She's perfect. And so you pray for Lene. She'll be going in August, I believe, to Paraguay and going to be teaching in their school and all of that. And uh, uh, she's in St. Louis working her, her you know, little toes to the bone and saving as much money as she possibly can. She, she needs... I think 10,000 bucks. And so she's got some of it. And I'm sure her dad and mom are going to hit for some of it. And I'm sure we're going to chip in. But we're going to get that girl to Paraguay. And uh, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that this church has been able to supply another amazing servant. Amen. Brother Draylen. Oh, talk away, my dear. Praise the Lord, everybody. 
Um, I know a lot of you don't know me, but my name is Carrie, and I started coming here last year, June of um, 2021. Um, <clears throat> I should have lost my mind. I could have lost my mind a long time ago. I went into depression. Um, I had a very rough childhood, and when I was 10, I went to stay with my grandmother. She raised me, and... Um, um, I thank God for my grandmother that raised me. Then I left at 18 and went to Florida, and I had four children in Florida. I stayed there until 2005 when the hurricanes came through. There was three hurricanes, and I lost my roof in the hurricanes, and I had to come back up here. My grandmother passed away in 2005. <clears throat> um, to make a long story short, um, I was married to my husband, and he passed away in 2020. And then my daughter passed, he had a heart attack at 52, and my daughter passed away in 2021. She died from COVID, and um, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Um, I was going to church in Romeo, and the church closed down because of COVID, so I met this wonderful lady. Her name is Sister Teresa. She introduced me to this church. And I came to this church, and I met two. I met a lot of wonderful people here: um, Sister Carrie, Sister Sherry, Sister um, Sue, Sister Talisha. I mean, a lot of good people. When I came here, I didn't know anybody. I came by myself um, with Sister Teresa. I sat with her, but they all made me feel very welcome here and very loved. But nobody knew that I was really going through something really, really bad, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't get my thoughts together. I couldn't get my mind together. But these ladies prayed with me, and they called me. And I joined some life groups. And Brother Josh, he um, was very, very supportive of me. And um, just the, um, Sister um, Hoffman's wife, Sister Hoffman, and she was very good to me. And I just want to thank God because um, when you lose someone, it really does hurt. But God gave me the strength and God gave me the support to get through the hardest thing in my life. I didn't think that I was going to make it, but God said, Carrie, you know what? I'm with you. And he helped me with, with all the members here and Sister Esther, too, with all the members here that helped pull me through some of the difficult times in my life. I just want to give God all the praise and all the honor and all the glory because he is worthy. And I want to thank God for my brother coming with me tonight. Praise uh, God. Sister Terry, we're a better church because you're here. You're good stuff, baby doll. You really are. And, uh, yep, you got thrown in the deep in the pool with Sherry and Carrie and Esther and that whole bunch, buddy. They're, they're, they're hardcore, man. They really are. But, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Mother, you want to come up here and sit with me for a moment? I know you don't, but just indulge me, you know? And just, uh, yeah. What? Sit down here with me. <laughs> I love me, you. They put me on some kind of medication. I am so dizzy. You loopy right now? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Say something. Well, I thank God for his mercy and his goodness. I thank God for this church. If we hadn't come to First Church, we would have never known each other. What a blessing. We would have never met each other. But just to come here is so blessed to be here. 
I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for my pastor and his wife. There were, <laughs> they helped me every day, yeah. every day. And I couldn't be in a better place. It's, you know, I, when my husband was gone to heaven, I would have been so, so alone. But God has taken care of all that. God never leaves us alone, does he? He never forsakes us. Yes. And I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. Thank you all for all the prayers you've ever paid for me. And I thank you for that brother right there, Doreen's. I think it's Doreen. One of them was Dorena, Doreen, her husband. I told him how great, what a great God. Very sweat, 72. And God, has, he just got the Holy Ghost as a powerful, wonderful thing. Yes. And so I'm grateful for everything, for all you people. God bless every one of you. Stay with me. I was thinking about what Chase had to say. You know, been around church all my life, but got the Holy Ghost a couple of years ago. And uh, Ken Redcap said, so you're in here somewhere. I know you are, Redcap. Uh, tell these people what you told me a little while ago about that Holy Ghost thing, you had an encounter, something amazing. Well, I, <laughs> the only thing I wanted to tell you was I'm also in that crazy group with Sherry and Carrie and <laughs> Sister Esther and, and others. It's amazing. I want to thank God for the Holy Ghost because it's amazing. I. I didn't know how to pray for people. I didn't realize what intercessory prayer was. And then I started going to this group. And it's amazing. And I love the fact that it's praying for what God wants. We're always telling God what we want. But praying for what God wants. And that's... I, I'm having a good time with it because I'm in a situation at work right now. Most of my group has been dissolved. They've all retired. Foolish me, I decided to keep working because I just I feel like I'm just not ready to, as pastor says, hang up my spurs. And but I have this peace now. I was I was worried, but it's not there anymore. It's gone. And it's just that I've been I've been so honest with my finances with him. And so he's I feel he's gonna do the same thing to me that I just don't worry. Don't worry. And I'm glad for that. And uh, I'm sorry, Pastor, if I'm not hitting the, the nail on the head with what you asked. Thank you. And I think the thing that's amazing, too, is I'm, I love the Bible. And I'm reading it every... I'm trying. There are days, as even you admitted it, Pastor. We don't always get... But it's beautiful, and there's scriptures. And it's, it's interesting. It's like every time you read it, it's, it changes, There's, it, it, it morphs, it, it touches different topics you didn't see before. And so I'm thankful for that. And again, for sharing Carrie and the group, I'm thankful for that because they've kind of gotten me out of my closet. And praying for people, and, and, and it's just great. And working also with uh, Brother West and at first praise uh, with the men. It's, it's really been great. So. 
I've known Ken Redcap for over 35 years. But just a couple weeks ago, he told me, I got the Holy Ghost, Brother Hoffman. <laughs> and people said, wait a minute, you've been in church all your life. Yeah, I know, but I got the real deal this time. And uh, the Bible said, by the, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. And that's uh, just, uh, I'm grateful for people that are honest enough to admit, I got it again, you know, and again. I mean, that's a Bible thing, man. It's just, I did a Bible study here years ago, and I had a big pitcher of iced tea. Very few of you were here then. And I poured in, I had all these packets of salt, sugar, and I asked somebody to drink the tea, and I said, is it sweet? And they go, no. And I dumped in, I don't know how much sugar in that jug, and I, I let them drink, said, is it sweet yet? And they go, no. And people were like, it had to be sweet. You dumped all that sugar in. And I had a big wooden spoon in my back pocket, and I pulled that wooden spoon out, and I started stirring, and we said, is it sweet now? And they go, oh, yeah, it's really sweet. And my Bible lesson was sugar doesn't sweeten tea. Stirring sugar sweetens tea. And it's the same way with the Holy Ghost. That thing can turn into a sludge on the bottom of your soul. And that's why the Bible said, stir up the gift that's in you. And these people have done that. And I want to keep doing that. Keep that thing alive. Keep, when's the last time you prayed and lost track of time? When's the last time when you prayed and you know you weren't talking in English anymore? When's the last time when you just, you, heaven, heaven's not that far away, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible said we sit with him, not going to, we sit with him in heavenly places. And that's why it's thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We want this to be a heavenly place. Amen. And you and I can go into that and and so I, Ken, I love you, man. And I, I, you're going to receive this when I say this to you. You're a different man. You're a different man. And I, I've watched you. I've watched you in Monday night prayer. Your prayers are different. I watch the way you worship in service. It's totally different. I respect you. And I love you, buddy. I really do. I really do. Now, I'm not going to take long. Because I'll, we may be, I, we were going to go an hour, we're over an hour. But I'm, there may be someone else, you've got something burning, but I want you to be able to go home, get a good night's rest, and be ready for tomorrow with your family. But is there someone else? Just, you, could I say one more thing? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to say was, when I was a young child, I started off in Assemblies of God. And you know, I didn't know till a couple years ago, well, that's where we got our roots. And my grandma was kind of like that pillar in the church. She was that one that, she reminds me of Sister Esther. <laughs> so, and, and the other thing, there's the other footnote is that um, my dad lived with us for a while and, and I got married to Tracy and she's been a wonderful help with my father and unfortunately with COVID and everything and he kind of gave up that. So, but I'm so thankful for Tracy too. That's been a great blessing in my life. So I just wanted to mention that too. Well, 
I see a hand, but I'm not sure who that is. It's dark back there. Is that Susan? It's me, yes, Sue Martinez. A couple of things I'm very grateful. I'm grateful every day, to be honest. I'm one of those people that when I wake up in the morning, I'm happy. I'm very thankful for that, that I can be that way. Um, And so I kind of start my day that way. But um, two things I'm very grateful for this past year at First Church. Number one is the Let's Imagine campaign. Um, I know I was I was asked to lead the prayer emphasis team, and I'm like, oh God, this is gonna gonna be a lot to pay for that because you know when you dig deeper spiritually, you get hit really hard. So I'm you know, involved in two ministries that have a lot of pushback. FC Heart is another one that has a lot of pushback spiritually, emotionally, relationally, you name it, um, comes out of everywhere, and I, you know, it just makes you stronger. You know, you just have to be because you can't cave because the enemy just always wants to poke at you and say, you can't do this, whatever. So I'm um, very grateful for the Let's Imagine campaign. Um, when we made the commitment, I was on one end of the deal. My husband was on the other end of the deal. And I'm like, you know, do I let my flesh get in this and get, you know, like, I can decide what I want to do because I work, right? <laughs> or do I let God do it? And I remember what they always told us is like, just pray about it, and God will both give you the same amount of money. And I, I said, okay. So I never talked about it at all. We finally talked about it as we were driving into that special dinner they had at Grosse Point. And he asked me what I thought, and I said a number, and he goes, really? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, if you think we can do it, I guess we'll do it. And God has provided so many unique ways for that money to come. Um, I've worked at a job for many years. And one of the things you can do, someone like me have a lot of years of service, a lot of weeks of vacation. And I would love to be able to take seven weeks of vacation a year, but like, really, like who can afford to be off seven weeks like on a vacation, right? But you can cash them in for money, some of your weeks of vacation. So every year before it was once a year, they allowed you to do it. So I said, okay, I'll cash it in. This year, for some strange reason, they let you cash it in twice. So I just put another request in for another week of vacation to be paid that will go towards the... Uh, let's imagine campaign, and um, I've never even have to really worry about like when it's the let's imagine campaign, money's always there, and you know it's not like anything magical, creative, or anything that happens. It's because God's just honoring that, and I do want to get it paid off before the three years because I want to see like Brother uh, Mitchell talked about the additional blessings that you wouldn't even imagine, and it's not even that I you don't give to get. You don't give to get. You give because you want to give. And that's what I always said. I said, the reason I wanted to give the amount that I, we wanted to give is I said, I want to see this legacy while I'm alive. You know, like once I pass away, I don't know how that money is going to be spent, right? So I want, I want to see something while I'm alive and to see how it can affect the kingdom and for young people and, you know, in the life. And I'm just so thankful for that. And the other thing I'm really grateful for this past year is um, a lot of raw honesty with some of the things that are coming from the platform which I'm very thankful for. Um, Brother Draylon, you know, talking about the things that he's experienced with his family and the challenges with his mom and stuff. And Pastor Mike talking about, you know, that real prayer. That message totally changed my life. Um, and, and, and then with Brother uh, Chavis on Sunday, that just broke me. Um, you know, just, and when he said it was so powerful, he said, you know, the thing you hate the most, until you get it dealt with, it'll keep on multiplying. And I'm like, I thought I gave all these things out, and I poured it out, and I'm like, mm, I got like this much left. 
And man, when it multiplies, it's really, it's really, it's really a bad, it's a bad multiplication. You don't want to be part of that. And so I want to thank Pastor Mike for being very honest and talking about at the end of service when we were praying, that was just really gut-wrenching, honest, and I think that's going to break something in our church for other men to hear. That men struggle with these things too. Women like we are used to, oh, women, you know, we have this. But to hear men, I mean, when you were talking about, you know, going to the 7-Eleven and, and your wife went with you because she's like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, right? And, you know, you just think it's maybe just your family that's battling things. And it's like, not that it's like refreshing, but it's real. Like to your pastor say, like, I was looking at me in that bar and I was thinking of getting a cigar and having a drink, right? I'm like, wow, this guy's a pastor and he said that? But it's what real is. And I think that is going to break something in this church. Because I think there's so many people struggling that are afraid to let people know. And because they either hold a position or something. And, and I'm just, um, something broke. And I'm, I want it to still keep breaking. So I thank God for that. Pastor, uh, I know we're trying to hurry. I was hoping that I was the last one. I was making sure everybody's... everybody's I got a couple. We still got a couple over. Okay. A um, uh, couple things. One, uh, she, I know she's stepped out because she's taking care of the my son. Oh, there she is. She's walking back in. Uh, I want to say thank you to my wife. Um, I'm just so grateful. Uh, and I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional. But, uh, man, my wife is... I've said this to her before. She is the most consistent woman that I've ever had in my life. And uh, most of you know my situation with my mother. Um, it's hard for her to be consistent, but uh, my wife has just been the rock of my life. And God knew exactly what I needed. And so I'm so grateful for her. And uh, not only do I, whenever you, whenever, and this is just a shout out to people getting married, and I'm not going to look right or left. Um, when, you, when you marry the right person, um, you inherit their family as well. And uh, my mother and father-in-law uh, and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and all my nieces and nephews. It's funny, we walk around and I have a whole bunch of white nephews and I'm black and they're white with red hair, you know. And I'm like holding the babies like, hey, you know, and like I'm just loving everybody's reaction to it, you know. Uh, but I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that I have a family. Um, I didn't grow up with a family like that. We didn't do Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. And so uh, guess who's super excited about Thanksgiving and Christmas all the time now? Like I, I love it. And uh, yeah, I'm like a kid again, you know. Um, I'm so grateful for my family that I have. Uh, but I'm but I'm also grateful for you, Pastor. I'm I'm so I'm so thankful um, for you and your wife and your family. Uh, your impact is such an incredible uh, echo to this entire world. Uh, because I remember some time ago when I first came here, and Pastor uh, asked me to be the worship pastor of the church. I was 22 years old, freshly out of Bible school, and all I you know, just statistically, uh, people from Bible school, you don't normally uh, go into a, you know, a, a, a lead position at a, at a church at this size, um, especially just, just leaving Bible school. Uh, but he saw something in me uh, that, that a lot of people didn't see. And 
<laughs> and uh, so I'm just so grateful. But when I first got here, he said, he said, Draylon, what you, what's your dream? What is the, what's the thing that you want? And I said, I said, Pastor, I, to be honest, I got married to a wonderful woman. Uh, we, we're going to have kids. We're going to have a home. And I get to, to live the dream of being a worship pastor at a church. I said, I, I, I think I have my dream, you know. And, and he said, well, you got all of that before you turned 25. He said, it's time to dream a new dream. And, uh, and I, I didn't know what that looked like at all. And when I was a kid, I always dreamed of being able to, you know, write songs and uh, do music for people uh, to, to be able to pray to. I remember we'd listen to prayer music, and, and I always thought, man, it'd be really cool to have music that sounded good enough for us to be able to play that music and people to pray to it. And every Monday night, every Monday night, I hear a song that, that, I, that I've been able to give to the world and uh, I would never I would never be able to do that I would never be able to travel the country and record and do all this stuff and help other churches if my pastor didn't believe in me and give me an opportunity to do that and so I feel that gratitude every time I get on a plane every time somebody calls me to say hey brother Jalen want you to come and lead worship for this this thing, and I know that I might be gone once a Sunday, one Sunday a month. I always try to stay um, to that, but um, I just want to say and express my gratitude to you, Pastor, and to this church for giving uh, some some random little black boy from Dallas the everything that he ever wanted in life, and 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 I'm just I'm forever indebted to Pastor Hoffman, Sister Hoffman, and to the people at Sterling Heights Church. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Every person in this church, thank you so much. I was in uh, College Station, Texas, which is uh, not far from Austin. It's where the University of, uh, or the, it's Texas A&M. And uh, Pastor, magnificent man, his name is Nathan Lawrence. Great great preacher, great saxophone player, and uh, got two precious children, his oldest daughter, she's 16, her name is Miracle, and uh, she's drop dead beautiful, got boys all over the planet chasing her, and and he's got a son, he's 14 years old, so I was talking to them, and I said, okay, what do, what do you want to do, what's your plan, and Miracle said, well, I, I, I want to work with special needs children and I want to be a special needs psychologist and and uh, so I said well that that's a worthy ambition and I looked at her brother and I said what what do you want to do 14 years old he said I want to produce apostolic music I want to work I want to have a, a label and I want to produce apostolic music and uh I said, well, that's really great. I said, do you have anybody that you really like? He said, well, there's a guy named Draylon Young. And he said, I, I, I've heard everything, and I listened to all of them. And, and I said, uh, would you like to meet him? And he stood there, and he, his jaw dropped, and he went, oh, you're first church, aren't you? I said, yep, I am. And uh, he said, you really could introduce me to Draylon? I said, 
oh yeah, I think we could pull that off, you know? And uh, so here's this 14 year old kid. They just called me last week, just wondering, and, and it was just, uh, Draylen, you're an ambassador at large to the body of Christ. And we're blessed to have you here, son. And uh, we're grateful this can be your home base. And we will always be in your side, be in your court. And I agree with you. You're like me. You married above yourself. And uh, you got a really, really good one. And, uh, and your mother-in-law and father-in-law, I mean, Harold, man, I got another Harold in the church. Wow, I was, they call him Glenn, but his, his real, his proper name is Harold. And so I'm grateful for that. Mother, this is our second Thanksgiving without daddy. And uh, I was thinking about that today. And uh, they've got a lady down in Louisiana named Vesta Mangan. She's pretty special. And uh, Egypt had a woman named Nefertiti. And Britain had a woman named Margaret Thatcher. But you're my queen. And I love you. And I'm proud of you. I really am. <laughs> I've seen women when their husband die, they go absolutely stark, raving, mad, stupid, crazy, getting another boyfriend, spending money like water. You've, you've handled this thing with daddy with a lot of class. And I, I love you. And I'm proud of you. And I'm thankful for you and Renee and Ashley, Brittany, Cameron, Parker, Joshua. I'm a very, very blessed man. Stand with me. We've been here long enough. Lord Jesus, we could be here a lot longer. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have a thanks on their tongue and a gratitude in their spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the way you've kept us, for the way you've protected us, for your foundation beneath us, for your hedge of protection round about us and your canopy over us. Now tomorrow, Lord, there's gonna be a lot of families getting together. I pray right now, Lord, that it would be more than turkey, more than just a piece of pie and some, some stuffing. I'm asking you, God, to anoint these dinners that we're gonna to have tomorrow with our family. Let these elders give their testimony. Let it be a legitimate time of gratitude and thanks for all that you have done. Guide us, guard us, go with us. And we'll honor you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless every one of you. Greet one another before you go, amen. Have a blessed day tomorrow. And if you're the elder, amen, pray a good prayer before you eat that dinner. Maybe tell your grandkids how you got the Holy Ghost. Tell them how God did a miracle in your life. Don't. Just let it be dinner. God bless every one of you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen.